We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello, and welcome back to Smarter Parenting. Today we have Isaac. We're joined by a guest today, and Isaac is the co-founder and CEO of June, where he has focused on helping kids develop their superpower of ADHD and use it to their benefit. And so we're excited to hear a little bit more from him about his history, his experience, and um, some of the, the takeaways from his childhood. So Isaac, jump on in, introduce yourself to us. Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Isaac, and, and as mentioned, I am a co-founder of an app called Jim, um, that is really focused on, on helping ADHD kids. Uh, my background, a lot of it really came from my background, so I had grown up with ADHD. I had experienced seeing my parents struggle to manage it, especially. I think I was never interested in school. I was getting in trouble a lot. Most of my childhood was exploring the woods, dirt biking, skateboarding, playing video games, especially, and that that was a, a big inspiration too with, with what we're doing now. But I, I remember playing a lot of video games that it was always a constant battle with my parents. And I, and I can dive into this a bit, bit more, but I think something interesting that came out of that was one of my first kind of personal explorations or curiosities that turned into something productive was, I think, really motivated or inspired from playing video games. But yeah, that's a bit of my background. Yeah, that's great. I think as parents, we're always worried and want the best for our kids, no matter what. But when you start incorporating a diagnosis that feels unfamiliar and, and potentially a little intimidating, it can start to feel a little bit scary. Like you don't know what your child's future looks like. You know, you want them to have so many things and you want them to be motivated in so many directions. But ADHD is interesting in the way that it impacts things like executive functioning skills and, um, you know, interests and attention span and, and those kinds of things. And sometimes we get lost in, what we want our child to be doing instead and forget some of the, the great things that our child is accomplishing. Um, it just might look a little bit different than our personal experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I think. Go ahead. Gone. I think that um, it's very tempting. And this is what my parents tried for a while. And I think it wasn't until high school that they started being more probably later towards middle school that they started being more hands off, but it was always trying to push me in different directions and, and this is going to be a, a problem that any kid's going to have and, and any parent's going to have. But I think with somebody with ADHD, because of, you know, how that, that diagnosis affects kids, it's, it's really hard to do things you're not interested in. And so it's even more of a simple. And I think there's a power in what my parents end up doing was giving me more freedom, which can be a bit risky and feel a bit scary, I'm sure. Um, but that, that led me exploring things that, that I was you know, really interested in and and gave me more freedom to discover things myself. Yeah, that's great. So tell me more about the things that you discovered about yourself and the strengths that emerged from that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, starting with the, the video game topics, I, I was a heavy gamer as a kid. Um, and that was always a battle with, especially with my dad. So we just had this computer um, back then. It was, you know, we had an office room with a computer on it. And I would always be trying to sneak into that room. And it was always this battle. My my dad would lock the door, and then I would sneak through the window, and then kind of figure that out. So he would lock the window, and then found this way to have like a credit card and started kind of by the lock or something, and it would like <laughs> keep the window kind of open, so then we could like sneak in. And so it was always this worry that I was, you know, not doing either not going outside enough or not focusing enough on school, uh, playing and just playing video games. But that actually turned into, I think, something that became more productive in about seventh grade this interest in video games led to 
me discovering Minecraft, which um, I started becoming interested in starting my own server on Minecraft, which is kind of like you can build your own world and invite other players into it, but you can also kind of make a business out of it. And so you can sell things within your server. Um, and so I was in seventh grade and I started just figuring out how to build my own server. I started getting into the technology behind it. You know, there was this motivation just to like make some money off of it. And I, at the seventh grade, I think I ended up making, uh, yeah, it's probably only like a few hundred dollars to maybe like a thousand dollars, but it was insane, insanely exciting. And I, I think it, it kind of gave this motivation later in life that that was something that I was really interested in. Um, and, you know, it really, it definitely came from exploring my interests early on in video games, which my father was you know, super nervous about. Um, but it translated into something that I think was more productive and, and more of that you know, learning more about about myself and, and my interest um, developing uh, the, the Minecraft server. And that requires a pretty creative mindset, right? I mean, tell me more about that and kind of the, the thought process that goes into some of that work. I, I've always had this kind of hypothesis, which maybe there is research. I haven't found that. I found some research you know, connected to, it. I think you see with ADHD people that they tend to, um, you know, jump from conversation topic to topic really quickly. But I've always thought that kind of a, a superpower with ADHD is the, I, I call it maybe associative thinking and, and, and connecting, like the connective thinking, which is is really important for, for creativity is, is connecting disparate ideas in ways that you wouldn't really imagine. And so, I mean, I definitely wasn't aware of that as a, as a kid. And it, I wasn't really aware that this was a creative thing I was doing. It was more like I was playing Minecraft and saw some, saw the other kids were not kids. They were probably just businesses and stuff were making these servers and selling, selling stuff to, to kids. And I was like, oh, maybe I could just, um, maybe I could do that. And so I, I do think that there was a few, you know, yeah, there was the connection with video games, but then you know, build, having to build a system, having to build a server that will you know, solve this or that, yeah, to actually make this server, it required this like technical understanding. Um, and so learning that and then connecting that to how to, like, what can you sell to kids and, and what that looks like. And so it was a lot of different disparate connections in that, in that sense, which I think is one of the, what I've personally seen in, in my friends with ADHD is that they all tend to be very strong in, in making those, those types of connections, which, which is a big part of creativity. Yeah, absolutely. So growing up, your parents were worried about you. You knew that and acknowledged it, but you have come out of your childhood um, learning about your strengths and your weaknesses and being able to balance that. Were there challenges that you faced uh, growing up with having ADHD and, and how did you overcome some of those challenges? Yeah, I think that like, especially scariest for my parents is that, you know, ADHD there, you know, there's the, the the low dopamine hypothesis, which is that you know you just tend to have a lower baseline dopamine. Um, for me, I think that expressed itself in a couple different ways. Um, one is that in order to get kind of the same satisfaction as other kids, I think I needed to do like more risk taking behavior, which my mom definitely did not appreciate. I was um, I was always you know trying to race dirt bikes with my friend and do paintball or like. And then like with, on the school side, it was skipping class and um, skateboarding and getting in trouble. And there was definitely a lot of risk taking, which really did make my, my parents, I think, afraid. You know, initially, my parents were very like controlling and it didn't work. That, that part didn't work. Right? The, the controlling part, the like trying to 
lock me in and like I would just you know I would sneak out if a kid like wants to do something they really want something like that you can't really stop them um, mm-hmm. and so I think I think that my parents started shifting the perspective after a few years of, of trial and error and and became more um, open to you know, less restrictive and more kind of just allowing me to have some autonomy, which meant I was taking more risk, but then learning more. I think on my parents' side, I think opening up that, giving a bit more freedom, you know, it's a balance. It's, it was, in my mind, it was, they were giving enough freedom that I could take risk and make mistakes, but not so much that. I would mess up my life. I would get in so much trouble where I would get so injured that, you know, that they would actually mess up my my life in some way. And so they, they found this balance. And I think that started working really well. You need it. You need to have the freedom to, to explore it and to make those mistakes to, to really develop and, and grow as a person. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more about, you know, some of the experiences that you had with your parents as you tried to navigate things like, you know, schedule management and um, being able to make some of those choices on your own. Did you guys work through some of that problem solving together? I think, um, I don't think that we did too much in schedule management when I was a kid. I think like we had chores, we had some routines. Um, I think I was never very interested in sticking to them or doing them. And there was a battle there, right? I think my dad tried, you know, he would, he would try bribing us with like allowances and stuff, but it didn't really matter too much. And so, yeah, I, I think like probably it would have been, I feel like my parents probably just gave up on it in some, in some sense. Like it was just, they tried for a while and then that just wasn't taking. I, I think I still had some responsibilities, but it was like, it was very hands-off, probably like, less than would be recommended generally. And yeah, it it definitely came from me just not sticking to it. Yeah, that's interesting because fast forward to today and you've told me that scheduling, you know, your routine is is an important part of how you've been successful. So where did that switch happen? Yeah, that and that was a thing. Like for me personally, I I needed to come to like these conclusions myself, always which is which is definitely like not strength. Um I feel like like my my dad, my parents, my mom, they were always telling me, you know, what, yeah, they were always trying to get me on a structure, on a routine. They were always pushing me to buy more in school or to be interested more in school and all these things. And, you know, that, that can, that was at least one of my weaknesses is that I needed to figure it out myself to actually believe it or to care about it, to have the interest in doing it. And so um, it was actually my senior year of high school when I, I did have this shift a bit. And so I had this mindset of not caring about school, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I was getting in trouble a lot. So just kind of having fun exploring my own things. Um, then senior year of high school, I think I I had this realization that, you know, especially like my friends, I could see forward and see that I'm going to follow the same path as my friends where I am now. And it's not a path I'm interested in. Like, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing right now for the next few years. It's not really going to amount to much. And so I actually like made this internal decision to separate myself from my friend group. And, and I started doing martial arts my senior year of high school, but it was this intense thing where I would go every day for like three hours, three to four hours after school. Um, it was just, it's called Muay Thai. It was like a Muay Thai academy. And I would go there for three to four hour, hours every day after school. Initially, it was just do something that separates myself from my friends and kind of lets me focus. And And I think that was like this first taste of like a real routine that I had where it was every day after school, go and 
do Muay Thai. And, and that started building a lot of, I think it's initial spark of discipline and focus. And, and we've seen that in, in a lot of families. Um, interestingly, with like just martial arts in general with kids with ADHD, seems to have a very positive impact on building that discipline, that, that creating that routine. Um, but that was this, yeah, this first time where I, I started having a sense of a routine and realizing the importance. And, and now that's become like, yeah, I think once I saw that myself, um, that, that was a shift in my mindset. And yeah, fast forward to today, my, my routine, like you were mentioning, is, is very, yeah, it's very intense just to manage my, my ADHD while doing a, working on a company. Especially a startup. Yeah, there's a lot of self-discipline that has to go into being an entrepreneur and, and managing that. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, uh, in, in order to remain, to keep focused and productive, it's, uh, it, it sometimes feels like a battle, but then it starts feeling like you're working with it, right? Because, because there are so many strengths with, with ADHD, that's more like, how do we maximize the strengths and building systems uh, around that? Mm -hmm. Definitely complicated. And I think you mentioned a really key point earlier. So I think so often we are battling with children to do things the way that we want them to do them. Uh, but the reality is, is they have to have a voice in that. And, and smarter parenting is based off of this evidence-based model called the teaching family model. And one of the core components of this is we talk about self-government. I was a I was a foster parent and I had a group of boys that I was a foster parent to, and they several of them had ADHD. And mm -hmm. um and in this, I remember there being this situation that came up. I don't even remember the exact situation. I just know that they were really struggling. Like as a, as a family, we were struggling with something. I think it was getting ready for school. So we started talking about, you know, what needed to change and, and how things needed to improve. And this is already after I'd tried, you know, 105 different things to make the morning go smoother. Um, but, but the day that I sat down with them and I talked to them about what did they want the morning routine to look like? And they started pulling together the schedule and they started to list off the consequences. If we weren't to school on time or, you know, different things came up, their consequences were actually more intense than I would have done or I would have chosen. But in, in that situation, we had much more buy-in because they chose how the schedule went. I didn't find it to be the most smooth schedule, but when it came to implementing it, they were completely devoted to sticking to it because they were the ones that decided what that schedule looked like. So even though it wasn't, you know, exactly the way that I would have done it, it accomplished what we needed. We got to school on time. It made a huge change for our family and, and how things were going in the mornings. And that that concept of them needing to figure it out on their own is that same kind of thing that you were just talking about. There is there is this degree that you have to be able to be motivated and, and try things out and decide what you want things to look like, because without that component, there's not a lot of buy-in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a book called Drive, which talks about motivation, and one of the, yeah. the one of the three things is is autonomy. Um, and yeah, I think I mean that's that's a great example that that you brought up. Yeah, I think it's such a simple switch, right? To to change the dynamic where it's not you telling and directing somebody exactly what to do, but more like you're working together on it. And I, I think it's very common to see a kid as you know, as a kid, but if you remember what it's like to be a kid when you're a kid you don't feel like like a kid in a way you 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 want to be an adult and you feel like you know you, you feel a lot of the same things that you would feel as an adult and I'll be worse executive functioning um and so it's a similar experience to be a kid and somebody's telling you everything to do as it is as like to be an adult and have somebody telling you everything to do right it's it's much different you know you'll if it's in your job, you'll you'll feel micromanaged and like you don't have any say and, and things like that. And that's exactly how I think kids 
you know, start feeling, especially as they um, get older and older and they start wanting that independence. It's definitely a balance, but it, it makes a huge difference to turn, I think to, to turn that conversation around, just like you're saying, and, and give them kind of this autonomy or, or control within, within what they're doing versus just being yeah, told what to do. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you've had a really great story and I appreciate you sharing some of your background and some of the different things that you've experienced. And, and I hope more than anything that it gives parents some hope and, and just perspective, right? It's, it's hard to know what the future holds for our kids, for any of our kids. And when parents are facing that and just really wanting the best for their kids, it can make parenting harder. <laughs> as well-intended as that is, it can make parenting harder. And, and I wish that we could have this crystal ball where we got to see our kids as they grew up and became adults and became successful. Um, but I think you sharing some of your experience and, and your childhood and fast forward to today with your success, um, that it's really hopeful and, and motivating for parents to hear about, you know, the positive, the, the superpowers that come from having ADHD and how you use that to your advantage. So if you were to leave parents with one thing today, what's one thing that they could take away? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's just it. I mean, my, I think it's really leading into it being a superpower in, in many senses. Um, like I was saying, most, I, I know a lot of other startup founders and people that aren't in startups. Um, I think ADHD people tend to, to make friends with other ADHD people, but they're all really successful. And, and a big part of that is how they think and how they think is, you know, they, they have ADHD and, and that they're tied together. Um, and that, yeah, I do, I do think it's to be optimistic about it. And it can especially be rough in childhood, but there's a lot, a lot of hope. Um, and it, and it, it is often turned into a superpower. That would be, that would definitely be my, my one takeaway. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So if you're interested in learning more about Isaac and his success and his app that he has worked on developing, um, where can we find that? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the website would be the easiest. So it's juneapp.io and it's J-O-O-N app.io. Okay. If you'd like to go look that up, this app gives you some skills with scheduling, right? It helps kids with ADHD to be able to be more successful with their routine and, and what they're working on. Is that correct? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a to-do app for kids with ADHD. And so it's actually a game, but the only way to level up is by doing your routines in, in real life. I love that. Really working to their strengths because we know of that creative <laughs> thinking and and what motivates them. So instead of trying to battle them or just dangle a carrot of why they should be doing, you know, the thing that they don't want to do then really finding a way to be able to embrace that. And that really embodies some of your experience and what we've talked about today. So thank you so much for sharing. And um, I hope that people are able to find some of the benefit from that app and, and learn more about you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.